so Valerie, I'm excited to have you on the Pro-Life Team podcast. Would you introduce yourself as if you were talking to a group of Pregnancy Clinic um, executive directors and leadership teams? Yes, thank you, Jacob, for having me on today. My name is Valerie Borzi. Um, I've been a nurse for about 27 years. Um, I'm currently working um, as a director of patient um, resources um, in a pregnancy center, and um, that's where uh, my journey has uh, led me to. Awesome. And tell us your your story, your story um, or your journey of getting, you know, going from pro-choice to pro-life or, you know, maybe start at the beginning and tell us, tell us about that journey. Yeah. So um, I actually, um, I grew up in a Christian home, um, was saved at a very young age, um, was very um, su supported by a Christian home. Um, and then I found myself, um, at 16 pregnant and I was, um, at that time uh, in my life, my, I did, I did continue that pregnancy. Um, I was married. Um, I had, you know, pretty much my parents supported me, um, through this journey. Um, however, it did lead me into some poor relationships. Um, and I had, you know, a little bit of, I think, um, still that shame and guilt from that pregnancy. Um, but my, uh, that, that marriage ended up in divorce and, um, through that time of going through that divorce, um, I ended up getting pregnant again and, found myself in a situation at that time where I didn't want to continue that pregnancy. Um, and it wasn't, um, I feel now that as I have experienced some healing and really under trying to understand that decision-making, um, fear, guilt, shame had a very, um, significant impact on how much choice I made. And, um, at the time I knew it was wrong. I didn't want to have an abortion. Um, however, it was suggested to me at the time I wasn't married, um, with the, with the, with the father and, um, he suggested to have an abortion. And I knew that in that time and in that space of where I was, that I, I didn't really want to find myself in that position again. Um, so I did go through with an abortion, um, and I pretty much just told myself that it was something that I was just going to take to my grave. I, you know, never told anyone, um, you know, I had a lot of good friendships and things in that, um, time of my life, but I didn't tell anyone. Um, I did end up marrying, um, the father, the baby, and we went on to have another child and, um, together and our marriage, you know, I'm still married to him today. So <laughs> God is good. He's, um, you know, he's led me through a lot of, um, pain, but also, I mean, I really didn't experience my, um, what I considered my healing journey until almost 20 years later. Um, so I had, um, when, after we got married, I started having a lot of unexplained symptoms of, um, 
depression, but I never really named it depression. <laughs> um, but I just really wasn't myself. And I, and I just uh, really had a hard time with focusing. Um, um, but then I committed myself to try in, and this is one thing that I noticed that I started to do is look for things to, um, you know, distract me. And health and wellness had always been something that I enjoyed. And so at the time, um, I went on this uh, very, um, what I call extreme health and wellness journey. Um, I got into bodybuilding and just really had a, um, just really had a fixation on trying to, what I thought at the time, um, be something that was going to, I think, really... I don't know, just be that, be that something to feel the void that I was feeling inside of me. And so as I go through that, it very, it very much so became an idol in my life. Um, and it nearly did destroy our marriage. Um, I had, you know, times where, you know, through our finances, through, um, just, um, just really feeling empty. And I could not explain that, that feeling, even after having a job that I, I, I've always loved my nursing career, having a job that I loved, um, almost seeing that come to an end because I just really couldn't focus anymore. I was being not myself. My supervisors were telling me there's something that, you know, that, that I'm just not seeing in you. You are, um, always have been a very positive person and, and this is, um, affecting your work. You're not, you know, and so as I, you know, really kind of came to the end of myself, um, it was hard to, to really acknowledge that I myself had just, I couldn't fill the void. So as I, um, finally just, I guess at that time I was being surrounded by a lot of, God put a lot of, um, mentors in my life, a lot of other mentors. And I started returning back to God. I, um, started just having a relationship where I felt God leading me to, I started in a new church, um, and started really experiencing, um, a change in my spiritual wellness and well-being, and where I turned back to the Lord. And when I did that, um, I just, you know, started to have that spiritual, um, you know, healing that it started, um, but I still hadn't had any kind of transformation as far as um, telling anyone about that. And um, I just continued on, I guess, getting myself in a closer relationship with God. And he continued to put people in my life who helped me on that journey to return back to God. Um, and as I kept doing that, um, there was a prayer that with a group of women that I had, he had so graciously put in my life um, that I was praying on my way to work. And it, and my prayer was, um, God, I want to be used to you by you to, and, and heal others in only a way that you can heal. Because I started feeling in my nursing career that I really wasn't helping others anymore. So I started working in functional medicine at the Cleveland Clinic down, and I really enjoyed, I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a wonderful, um, 
part of medicine where they really like try to explore the root cause of problems. And I really had thought that was where the guy was leading me was that I was going to be able to help others heal through this whole journey because they use mind, body, spirit, you know, really trying to, as a whole, you know, and I really felt that was where I was calling me to. And then lo and behold, um, I got um, COVID <laughs> and I was home um, on leave from that at work. And I received this thank you letter from our, our church raises funds for a pregnancy center and we do this baby bottle blessings. And I received a thank you card and I could not stop crying. And I'm like, hmm. Why am I crying? I mean, like, like sobbing, crying, not just like, you know, getting a little tearful, but like very, very emotional. And so I hold, I heard the Holy Spirit tell me to look to see if there was a job at this center. And I'm like, I really was like questioning him, like, why? Because through all my years of experiences and nurses and nursing, rather, I had not worked in OB. It wasn't something that I thought I was qualified for. I'm like, why am I, why would I want to get a job? I love my job. I love my job right now. <laughs> but lo and behold, the Lord would not let me th stop thinking about this. So I looked and sure enough, that was the only position at the, at the center was the director of patient resources resources, which is essentially over their medical department. So I did end up putting in an application. I came in for an interview and yes, I took that position, um, based on faith. I was like, I don't know why, but I was really feeling called here. Um, and so, yeah, so I did that. And, um, when I came here, like when, <laughs> during some, uh, my orientation, I still hadn't quite thought of what, why is the guy calling me here? Um, but during my orientation, um, one of the directors, um, handed me a book cause she was ex explaining to me all the different aspects of, um, their educational services and resources that they have here. And it was a book called I'll hold you in heaven. And I looked down at that book <laughs> and I started crying and I'm like, that's why I'm here <laughs> because I had never experienced healing from my abortion. And, um, so that led me on a journey of going through a post-abortive healing, um, that, that our center does called forgiven and set free. And I went through that. And as I was here, I really felt, um, as I was not quite healed yet. Um, I was seeing patients and, but I was so able to connect to what they were saying to me. And, um, I, I just, my heart was breaking for them. And I'm like, this is, this is why I'm here because I prayed the prayer. Um, you can only heal them because I found that out myself. Um, I look for other ways to heal <laughs> in all of my knowledge of being a nurse. I tried every, um, everything I could possibly think of, <laughs> but nothing ever truly took away the hurt. And, um, one of the, I did actually share as I started here at the, um, center, I, I shared my testimony with a women's group. Um, and after I read this article, um, his name is Jeff Bradford. He's the director of um, Human Coalition. He's one of the, and he talked about this um, idea of pervasive grief. 
And as I was reading that article, I so related to it. And and what that really means is, is that that type of grief just kind of goes into, it oozes into every relationship that you have in your life. And I truly saw that happening in my marriage, in my parenting, in my work. I mean, it started to affect every relationship that I had because all of the pain and the hurt that I had in the emotional grief that I had never dealt with, um, you know, obviously now knowing the different stages of grief and how, you know, you, you are to really walk through it. I went through some um, counseling as well. It was just spewing out of every area of my life. Um, you know, with my kids, like I, I would um, parent from a way that was truly um, trying to, you know, just protect them in a way that obviously was just not allowing them to experience life and, and make choices and things like that. I just, um, you know, with my husband, it was hard to sometimes relate to him. Um, I would feel very angry at some, at some point in time. And just, it would just come out of my mouth in different ways. It was not, you know, it's something that I was proud of, but, um, I couldn't understand it. But that kind of grief is what happens. It just kind of just takes over all the different areas of your life. And so I, as I went through healing, I truly understood um, why I was here. And I have since um, been um, here for about two and a half years now. And I also am a Revelation Wellness instructor. Um, and Revelation Wellness is... Uh, an amazing ministry that uses um, fitness as a way to spread the gospel. And as I was going through uh, my um, healing journey, my abortion healing journey, I was also reading a book through the, through this uh, revelation wellness called the body revelation. And it's really a, the author, Elisa Keaton talks about how to metabolize your pain and a lot of us ha experience trauma in our life that we don't truly deal with. Um, we kind of just um, try to stuff it down or um, what, whatever way that you find yourself trying to um, take care of these, these different types of traumas. Um, and I was very excited to read about it because she goes really deep into like our, our, our brain and how that we can't choose um, to actually do the right things when we've experienced trauma because we're not functioning in our high level of our brain which is our prefrontal cortex medial cortex and how that we continue to do things that we don't really necessarily want to do but we're 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 actually not um, able to make those choices um, because a lot of that in, on our one of the areas of our brain our amygdala is our very was the fight, flight, and freeze, and it's overly active. It's hyperactive, and so we we act react a lot of that emotion in the lower part of our brain is where that that function is. And so she talks about ways to metabolize us. Well, as I was going through this, it, it was this like I said, the same time. I had this amazing, um, I guess, freeing uh, time um, experience with the, from that. Um, so basically moving your body during this time, we, 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 there was a portion of this that you, you moved the, your body and the Lord kept really, it, it kind of, um, 
putting that word um, in my mind, move, because the reason why is because I had um, through this, all this experience of grief, I stopped moving my body. I was not taking care of my body. I had started to gain weight. I just started to have a lot of um, things going on with my body, body aches, like back pain, um, all these different things that I have never experienced before. Cause I had really taken um, pride out of being able to um, have a lot of what I consider great health habits. And so when I saw myself doing this, I mean, I really did not want to move. And as I learned more about that, when you do become in at that place of your of trauma, there's a hyper state and then there's a really low state. And so in that low, lower part of that trauma where you get overwhelmed, you don't want to do anything. Um, so he kept telling me, I kept hearing this word move. And as I started moving my body, I had this, um, I looked up the word for move in Hebrew and I love to study Hebrew. I'm, I'm not really someone to actually, I'm not super knowledgeable, but I have found it to be very enlightening, um, and very, um, to understand deeper meanings of the scriptures and things. So, um, it's Avar is the name is in script. And, and so as I looked that up, just looked up an article, I was reading it and the author of this, um, article was talking about the, the definition of, and what it means in Hebrew. And it's, it's to move over, to move through and to move and to move out. Okay. Basically, um, those were the understandings from what I can remember of this, of this word. And so I kept reading through down through the article. And one of the things that I struggled with, um, through my healing journey was forgiving myself. I struggled really. I couldn't, I thought I had forgiven myself. I thought, um, and really how to love and allow the Lord's love to be something that I received because through this, um, I said that I loved the Lord and I believe that the Lord loved me, but I truly wasn't receiving his love and I really wasn't able to forgive. So as I um, was reading through this article, it talked about the meaning of the word move. And he described as a wave comes in from an ocean and it, as it comes in into the, to the shore and it hits a rock that this wave is completely shattered. It's completely gone. It's no longer, it's no longer as if, and the, he was also referencing Psalms 51, which is a scripture that um, David, after he had committed um, adultery with Bathsheba was, was very much lamenting and, and distress over that. And it, it was just, in that moment, it was like this, the Lord just allowed this revelation. It was only could have been through the Holy spirit of seeing myself as that wave. And as it being shattered, that, that no, that, that sin was no longer ever going to be known again by the Lord that he forgave me. And it wasn't, it was as if it never happened. And that just allowed freedom, freedom that I've never experienced before. And 
I, the, the, the most amazing thing is, is after that, my back pain went away. I started not feeling the way I was as far as fatigued. Like, I've been telling you like so extremely tired that I would come home and just really not want to do anything. Um, and a lot of these physical symptoms just went away, like went away. And that to me was freedom. And I, so from, from that, I really realized that there is so much that we are offered through the, it it can only come from God. It can only come from a God. I can, I, you know, I was going to a chiropractor. I was going and seeking out all the knowledge that I knew as a nurse <laughs> to try to figure out all of these things that was wrong with me physically. Like I thought it was my hormones. I was going through menopause. I'm like, oh, it's just my hormones. It's just this. It's just that. None of it worked. None of it worked until I had that healing from the Lord. And it mm. was like, a weight had lifted from me. I just, I can't even explain. Um, and it allowed me then to also operate, um, in a new, um, freeing way when I was here at the center, because I also was experiencing a lot of, um, of taking on their pains, you know, people that I get to, um, consult with here, I was just taking on a lot of that pain and it was really hard for me to, um, to let, let it go. So that has just been an amazing experience. And since that time, I'm just, I feel very, um, just in a place where I want to bring health and healing to so many people, um, through my own experience, through what I've learned. I mean, I have, um, since I've been at the center too, like I've had amazing care net and heartbeat international and app log and all of these amazing healthcare professionals and organizations who are pro-life. I have truly understood, like I never, ever understood abortion in a way that I have now to look at the history, to see, understand that where, you know, it came, where, where did it start you know, what, what has been happening? I've never was a, even as a healthcare professional, I really even hate to admit this. Like I was a nurse at that time, but I never asked any questions. They never told me like informed consent was out the window, but I, as a nurse, I should have known better. I should have asked questions, but when you are in that situation, I think one of the biggest things that I learned out of my um, healing journey was fear. Fear was what truly was the fear of man, fear of not being accepted, feel of, you know, at the time I was, you know, in a relationship that I didn't want to lose. So everything that I knew, (laughs) you know, as a Christian, as a healthcare professional, it all went out the window. And so I, I can see how these women know what the right thing to do is, but they can't make that choice because I was there. And I feel as if, because they have this, you know, first of all, they don't know all, they don't give them all of the information. 
they just, you know, a lot of them don't understand their choices. They don't understand um, what is going on um, in their pregnancy and where they're at in their pregnancy, what, what is to be, you know, expected during these procedures and things like that. And so I've learned a lot of information and I think that there's power in being able to be truthful and share that. And so I'm just, um, I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to, for the Lord to use me, um, in a way that only he can use me because he's healed me of, of that. And, um, I'm just saying yes to wherever he wants me to go. And I'm praying that I will be able to, um, allow at least, um, to be that, that person, um, who can speak truth and life, um, and to other women. So, Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your story and just reflecting on it with such good insight. And yeah, just, wow. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, what was it like to share your story today? Like as you're, you know, here you are, you, you've shared your story. Uh, I don't know how many times, but what's it like to share it today? You know, I think um, it's still at some times could be raw. Um, but I do believe that as the Lord has healed, um, my heart <laughs> and my, and knowing that there is freedom in that, that it gets easier, the more I tell my story, it, I think it gets to become from a place of, um, there's something powerful about sharing your story from a place that you've been healed versus someone that is not, um, and it's raw and it's, um, you haven't walked through, um, that journey. It's, it's, it's difficult. You, um, you, and so I believe that, um, now it's, it's just, it is, it's always something I think that, and also our journey continues, right? I think that's another thing that I've learned is that, um, I continue to understand more and more about abortion um, the Lord has given me more and more insight as I continue on, you know, um, with my position and also just being someone who has walked through that. He continues, I continue to pray and ask for wisdom and insight on things that I can share. So it's a, it's a lifelong process, I think of healing and being able to recognize, um, who our healer is. <laughs> so what was the last passage that you read in the Bible or what was the last thing you remember reading? The last passage for what Just do you that you that you read or that you heard, like whether it would have been at a previous um, church service or that you read as part of a Bible study? What was the last passage you read? Uh, well, oh my goodness, I have lots of passages, but I can tell you one of them, a passage that I put on a vision board that continually I use as kind of like my life verse is Isaiah 61 one. Um, I really do believe um, the spirit of the sovereign Lord. I mean, that was Jesus's words um, as he's speaking and he's unrolling the scroll you know, and what was to come. Um, I do believe that um, um, as I have experienced this healing that he wants to use um, my story and my testimony to help set the captives free. 
and to really um, bind up the brokenhearted. I have a real passion and desire for those people that are broken. Um, and so I am just saying yes, because that truly, and the thing is that I wrote that on a vision board at a youth group. We were doing vision boards um, at a youth group overnight, two years before I came here. So as you can see, the Lord was already in that <laughs> he already knew, um, you know, I think where my, where the, he was going to be leading me. And I didn't even really understand that, but, um, that verse is just very powerful to me. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and <clears throat> read that passage. Uh, so yes. Isaiah 61, one is the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release the darkness for the prisoners. Amen. That really seems to speak into what you're doing, um, fighting against abortion and for freedom, um, yes. freedom from sin and freedom from bondage of shame. Um, mm -hmm. So, wow, yes. what a powerful passage to, to ponder upon. Yeah. And I think the, the first, uh, my first time that I shared my testimony, um, I actually, the title of it was gracefully broken to fight and fight stood for fervently ignite God's holy transformation. And that's truly, um, how it has been like, um, his grace has allowed me to understand, um, what it means to, go through that holy transformation and, and fight for not only for myself, but for others um, to continue on this journey. Wow. So when you're, when you're working as a, a nurse helping women who are considering, well, who are at risk of choosing abortion, um, you know, where have you seen God's fingerprints in that work? Wow. I have, um, you know, it always used to bother me when I first started here, when I would meet with someone and they were really, um, their, their, um, initial thought was to have, was to consider abortion. And when they left that they still were considering abortion. However, I have seen God's hands in, um, through the power of um, we do ultrasounds here, um, and being able to see, um, inside the womb has really been instrumental and in some of them changing their mind. Um, and, and ironically, um, womb in Hebrew is the word Rakim and it means mercy. Mm. Um, and so understanding how much, his mercy and his love and his kindness is in that side of that little, you know, little one growing inside of the womb. It's, we call it the window into the womb, right? The ultrasound because it allows them to see that. But um, I just reflect on that, that God's mercy for these women, um, as they are going through all what they're going through, he continues to love them in such a way that through this little gift of the, of a child allows them to be able to transform their whole life. And I have seen some women who have made the choice to, um, to, to keep their babies. 
Um, and when they come back here for a second ultrasound or for another visit, their whole demeanor was different. It was like amazing to see. And I mean, that person was looked, I mean, just to look at them, look at their face, their whole demeanor was different. Um, we've had some really great stories and testimonies that I see God's hand. Um, and it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Wow. So <clears throat> I got one more question for you before we start to wrap things up. Okay. Um, so when, when you chose abortion many years ago, what was one of the top false beliefs that, that you heard that was persuading you or was impacting you to make that decision at that time? And how would you speak truth to that false belief today? I think the biggest lie that was on um, during that time was that I could have the abortion and it would be something that I could hide and no one was going to need to know about it. And I could just go on with my life. That was the biggest lie because I, at the time, you know, I didn't want, you know, I was going through a divorce, didn't want anyone to know, um, and that it might affect, um, things that was happening in the divorce. It might affect my, you know, relationship. It might, you know, I might lose my relationship with my, um, with the father, if I, um, decided to, you know, not have the abortion. So a lot of it was just fear and not on, and the, another really big, I guess, lie that most people believe is that they're going to be able to have, um, care <laughs> from when they go like, so I don't remember anyone asking me anything at the, at the abortion clinic about what I wanted to do, what, or give me an informed consent. That was the other big thing. I don't ever remember them talking to me about the procedure, what was going to happen. And, you know, now that I have learned since I have been this position too, truly what happens during an abortion, I have, it, it just grieves me so much. And I think that is the biggest lie is that if we could just, I can just get rid of this now, everything will go back to normal. And that's what I thought. I could just get rid of this pregnancy. Everything was going to go back to normal and nothing would ever, nobody would ever know. And it would just all be, life would return back to normal. Hmm. But as my story shares, it doesn't go back to normal. Um, we, our bodies um, does not forget that pregnancy and it will continue to come and just take over your mind um at some point in time your mind your choices and how you know everything else like i said that persuasive grief um just it just continues in your life it, i think he described it like a windshield that's cracked when you look through a cracked windshield you have a different perspective on and everything that you're looking at because it's cracked. And I think that's the same as with abortion is you, after that, you just don't have the same perspective out on life. Hmm. Wow. Thank you so much for 
sharing the yeah sharing your thoughts and wisdom would you <clears throat> would you wrap up our podcast with a prayer um calling maybe really calling for these false beliefs to um to be broken and for light to be shine you know shown on on with the truth um defeating that darkness yes amen yes for sure oh heavenly father i say thank you so much for this time together um with Jacob and just being able to um, use this technology um, to share my story. And Father, I just ask, Lord, as we um, come before you, before your throne of grace, with confidence knowing, Father, that you um, are here and you're going to answer this prayer, I pray, Lord, that you would shine your light so bright in and through all of those, Father, that are coming on um, these podcasts and are breaking the silence, Father God, of their abortion experience. I pray, Father God, that you would allow truth to be made known to women and that they can see, Father, the that it is not um, health care. It is not good for them to make choices that take life that even though they may have a choice that that choice doesn't come with freedom because as we experience an ongoing lifetime of trying to cover up and try to remove ourselves from that it creates bondage so i declare and decree isaiah 61 over every woman that may be listening here, that uh, the, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us, Lord. And I decree and declare, Lord, that you will set the captives free. You will bind up the brokenhearted and allow truth to be made known throughout this nation. And I pray, Father God, that others will rise up in this time for such a time as this, and they will not be silent that they will continue, Father God, to, to make their testimony known and break off the lies of the enemy. So, Father God, that we can all walk out in freedom. In Jesus' name, amen.
Sponsors include Heritage House, Patriot Insurance, and iRapture.com. The Pro-Life Team Podcast is a ministry of iRapture.com. If you would like to explore making a donation or becoming a sponsor or have a recommendation for who would be a good guest on the podcast, please contact us at hello at prolife.team.